What is the true essence of Made in Germany? And in our globalized world, does it still count? Head of Audi brand since last spring, Hendrik Benders joins me for today's episode of The Chiefs to tell us exactly what Hergestalt in Deutschland is and why it still matters. After almost two decades at competitor BMW, followed by a short stint heading up the marketing strategy for Byton Limited across Asia, Benders is no stranger to what it takes to communicate an automotive brand across diverse markets. So now that he's returned to German soil and to Audi's HQ in Ingolstadt, how does he aim to steer this historic firm into the future? In our conversation, Vendors highlights why the German value set is still a cut above the rest and why brand consistency with a human-centric approach is at the core of Audi's way forward, plus why physical retail and the showrooms will be keeping their doors wide open. I'm Tyler Brulé in Zurich, and this is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. Henrik, absolutely a delight uh, to talk to you. It, it's been a while. And maybe we should start. You've been out of Germany for a while. You've come back uh, into this very exciting role at Audi. Maybe just taking a step back from everything. When you look at Made in Deutschland, Hergestellt in Deutschland, the whole essence of made in Germany, does this still matter today? Is there an essence or a sense that German design values, German engineering, d- does it still matter? From my point of view, it does. And, you know, sometimes it's quite healthy to leave the environment and to go somewhere else in order to look at your previous environment from a distance. When I left Germany, of course, I was very excited to explore China, which was an amazing experience uh, because China is important. And uh, I look very much forward to keep on working together with China, also to return to China. But I have to tell you that uh, my appreciation of Made in Germany and the entire value set behind it is something I'm really happy to explore and appreciate on a daily basis. So the answer is yes, it is very important, especially in the business environment I'm working in. The automotive industry is, I would say, one of the most complex business environments because our products are carrying people's lives. So the responsibility is gigantic and therefore precision process orientation, quality orientation is of utmost importance. And that's something especially the German brands are really good at. So there's an amazing history, an amazing competence, which is very important foundation to take it to the next decade and uh, 110 years. So this is why I appreciate being back in the German environment and being back at Audi, a brand which is uh, more than 110 years old carrying an amazing history in terms of technological competence. And now uh, we have to leverage this technological experience, uh, know-how, in order to build the most complex next-generation smart device. And to do this, uh, with this background, with this quality orientation, this made-in-Germany mindset, I think is a good starting point. Henrik, you, you mentioned the German value set, and I'm wondering... If you can define that in, in your terms, as you said, you, you stepped out, you've come back. Can you separate a German value set in, in daily life, what it, what it means for you? And then also, of course, in your role when you think about a car brand. But you know, when, you, when you say value set, what are the three to five things that come to mind um, as a German, in a way, sort of speaking on behalf of Germans as well? I would say it's precision, reliability, 
I would say this is of utmost importance that you are aiming to deliver in order to be able to deliver quality, reliable quality. Uh, you need to be passionate about precision and reliability, punctuality and strategic uh, orientation. I think that's all very important in order to come up uh, with quality and reliable end results. I think this What's true in particular in the automotive industry as the car is a, a very complex product and uh, that fits very well. Um, of course, in Germany, you find it also in other areas, uh, in construction, engineering, in, in general, in the engineering uh, environment where uh, those values are very important to be applied. Precision is something which especially the colleagues at Audi are very famous for, you know, the Spaltmaße, the very teeny tiny gaps, the quality, the, the way the doors are closing, the materials in the interior, everything is uh, that's very important as a starting point. But on top of that, another value set is uh, very important, which is being curious and open-minded. Because based on this uh, know-how, based on the experience, uh, you also can sense a certain kind of sovereignty. People know exactly what they are talking about. Uh, they have an amazing background and they are willing to apply this background and go into new areas and to new fields. Henrik, you've got a very strong background out of the world of, of marketing and advertising and now with a very uh, large portfolio when it comes to brand as well. We're also in a time that when people talk about the emotional connection, the soft components, and you've, you've laid a number of things within the value set, which are very rational, they're very pragmatic, they're, they're very German. Is, is there an intersection for that? And of course, you can bring, of course, warmth and you can bring across a, a sense of coziness in campaigns as well. But do you find it hard when you, you almost sort of see society shift to a point where you almost sort of feel forced, even though you're a car brand, to kind of be embracing the more sort of touchy-feely moments when, it, when a vehicle can only go so far. I think the key element is your self-understanding. So do we perceive ourselves as a car manufacturer, as a car brand, or do we perceive ourselves as a lifestyle brand providing unique emotional experiences and i would say that exactly the last mentioned is uh, the target picture and the experiences and the brand connection we are aiming to provide and to build has this always been the case uh, no and that's the reason when i returned to germany and when i joined audi last year we started with intense discussions about all those soft facts, all those emotional connections. Because at the end of the day, you might not win the user, the audience, just by communicating range or uh, charging speed uh, and kilowatt hours. So this is why um, we start with a sharpening of our brand strategy and we touch the brand core, touch the vision, the mission, and in order to be as human-centric as possible. And uh, due to the fact that, I mean, we have seen um, the uh, great innovations of the last decades and there are more, there's more to come with 5G, uh, this amazing multiplication of uh, data transfer capabilities, there are going to be services we cannot even imagine yet. So this is the reason why I think it is of utmost importance to put the human into the core, into the center, and then provide solutions, uh, opportunities, and opportunities which are not a compromise or which are 
solutions I have to go for because climate change is, is forcing me to do so. It's exactly the other way around. We need to leverage our technology to provide solutions, technologies, services, experiences that people out there are looking for and appreciating and want it. Uh, and uh, finally, we are able to do this. We can provide electric cars, which you can use without CO2 emissions, which are breathtaking, beautiful uh, looking and amazing to drive. And so this is what we have to do. We have to provide human-centric solutions and uh, bring this lifestyle across the audience out there can identify themselves with. So this is exactly uh, the reason why we changed our brand strategy and put the human uh, into the core of everything we do. And based on the customer or user needs, we are currently developing communication content and also products and services tailor-made for this upcoming decade. But it's exactly this, the coziness, uh, the senses, the appreciation of details, which we have to take into account. So it's much more a co-creation with an audience rather than a headquarters-centered engineering development and then uh, sending it out and keeping the fingers crossed that the audience out there is appreciating and liking it. I like that you mentioned the word uh, human. You also use the word digital transformation. And I'm wondering, what is that friction like for you when you think of the brand? Because, you know, we, we have so many people just, you know, being pushed out of, not even pushed out of showrooms. Showrooms for the vehicle is starting to disappear. Everyone is sort of being pushed online. But of course, we know vehicles have curb appeal. You need to experience them. You need to see them. I'm curious, what is that, this friction between the need for digital, uh, the need to engage digitally, then versus getting someone to, to experience the vehicle? And, and does that vehicle in the future, in your mind, does someone bring it to my house? Do they bring it to my office for me to try? Or is there still room? Is that physical experience still important when you think of the human? Or are you like many other brands that we're only going to experience the vehicle on screen and then hopefully I'll buy or lease one? Tyler, let me first comment briefly on uh, the word uh, friction. This word we can apply with regards to digitalization, like in this case, with regards to sustainability, climate change. Actually, I do uh, see it as an opportunity. The digitalization and the digital opportunities are providing an amazing portfolio of experiences. I think uh, we should leverage them. Is it at the same time automatically going to be a replacement? So do we replace showrooms and just provide digital experiences? Uh, I don't think so. Why? Because uh, we are in the automotive. To see a car, to see this body shape in real, uh, to open the doors, to sit inside, to feel the leather, to breathe it, to smell it, to touch it, to see the displays and uh, to connect yourself via display, etc. Uh, I think that's something um, becoming even more important to experience yourself. And I don't think that uh, people are willing uh, to skip it. And why should we? Of course, we have to rethink because the entire information process, the entire decision-making process is uh, changed already due to digitalization. 
all information they need to be provided upfront online. And uh, the corona situation was an, an additional accelerator because uh, we flipped to entirely digital. Um, so have virtual product presentations, virtual uh, product launches as just celebrated with the e-tron GT and now just with the uh, Q4 e-tron. So yes, we can do this all virtual. But in addition to that, I can't wait uh, to meet the people, to shake hands again, to go for a test drive. Is this going to take place always at dealerships, usually outside of the city? No, we have to go where the users, the potential customers are. It needs to be much more city-centered, which is also the reason why we are just uh, rolling out a new retail strategy in China where the Audi showrooms are being located in the most central located shopping malls because this is where the customers are, especially ours in the premium segment and this is where we need to be. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a combination of uh, digital and physical. You mentioned this China move uh, that you should, of course, be in, in malls and, of course, alongside uh, other premium players and being in an environment where your customers are. This is, of course, a very interesting move and one that makes sense. And maybe some are saying, well, why didn't this happen in the industry earlier? So my question, though, is it's it's very interesting when you look at uh, the language and, and the marketing approach of, of many automotive brands. They might have a photographic style. There might be, of course, a tone of execution. Uh, but oftentimes, you know, the way that a car brand communicates to me if I live in the United States is very different than how they might communicate in Germany or even Italy. And then we get to Japan and, and China, and it, it's also very different. But if I think of other premium brands, Henrik, if I think about a great perfume brand, if I think about a fashion brand, and we're really talking about those luxury companies, they do one ad campaign for the whole world. Chanel does not go and recut campaigns for a variety of markets. Laura Piana doesn't do that. But it's been it's been really the behavior of the automotive companies for a long time. Are we moving to a place where a brand like Audi starts to behave much more like a fashion house, let's say, or a traditional luxury house, that there's just one form of communication for the entire world and it's not being recut market by market? The answer is yes, because that's the only way to survive, to be perceived as one consistent brand. The world is connected. Uh, we are talking about uh, an audience out there of 3.6, 3.7 billion people being on social media on a daily basis. So this is why you are not communicating at an audience, you're communicating with and through the audience and therefore you need to be consistent. Otherwise, uh, you would be entirely cluttered and fragmented. And this is the reason why uh, when I joined Audi and when I took over the global responsibility of the brand Audi, besides the sharpening uh, of the brand strategy, I also um, established a so-called brand governance and brand collaboration model uh, because uh, Audi is active in more than 110 markets. We're dealing with 60 derivatives, some products uh, available uh, only in Europe, only in China or in the US. So a very complex ecosystem. And uh, if I would uh, let every single market to apply its own interpretation of the brand, of the product, then you can imagine what a highly fragmented, cluttered end result we would look at. Uh, and the, the logo would be the only element holding it together. So this is the reason why 
it was uh, of utmost importance to me to establish this brand collaboration model with all the marketing teams in this world. This is what we established last year already. And uh, on top of that, based on this sharpened brand strategy, we uh, developed a, a so-called brand communication platform carrying the hashtag future is an attitude. So we are having uh, the brand new brand core uh, living progress. So we, we interpreted the term Vorsprung, um, I would say time adequate and value adequate because the societies have changed fortunately to a much more value oriented uh, society. Uh, and all of this is being reflected uh, in our sharpened brand strategy. And based on this strategy, we have this global brand campaign, future is an attitude, and uh, all those upcoming products are one element of this never ending story of living progress. So this is the story of living progress by Audi, which we are sharing with the world uh, worldwide. And uh, the application of this strategy is very simple. We need to be as consistent as possible and as different as necessary. And what, what needs to be different is to be discussed and to be negotiated and to be aligned. I, as you know, um, me quite a while and as I consider myself as a globalist, we know about the cultural differences in Japan, about the cultural differences even in the European markets uh, and also about the cultural differences in the US. So that's beautiful to, to reflect it. And so in Europe, we celebrate uh, Christmas and it's beautiful to celebrate with the audience out there Chinese New Year and uh, beautiful to celebrate Ramadan and to integrate, uh, to incorporate uh, those cultural elements also in our brand and communication behavior. Uh, because at the end of the day, we are human-centric and this needs to help us to think much more human and society-oriented and to behave uh, uh, different and to be much more emotional in our storytelling rather than just product communication focused. So this is um, the philosophy we are applying. So uh, wherever you travel uh, in the upcoming years, Whenever you see uh, an Audi communication, it will be always linked to one element uh, and one direction, which is the future. Do you think the consumer today asks too much of the brand that, that you, you know, oftentimes it's not just you, I mean, all kinds of companies have to almost act as political parties as well. People, of course, want to see themselves reflected in a brand. And that may not just be in communications, but also when it comes to how a brand behaves. So, of course... We can say, and, and it would be an expectation of a media company like ours to make sure that we're printing on the right paper and we're being as efficient as we can to get a magazine around the world, that we're using digital, of course, uh, in, in the right way where, where it makes sense and it is effective as well. And then, of course, when we think about the transport sector, whether you're making cars, you're an airline, then, of course, there's an expectation about sustainability, et cetera. So, okay, we get all of that. Um, but then we also see incidents as well where people also want to see their politics reflected. And, and we've seen a lot of brands also try to, to embrace that. Uh, and, and then it does raise the question, and it's a conversation you know, I have with many CEOs, but where does it stop? Is, is it also difficult for a brand today, again, because of the speed of social media, uh, maybe the, the brittle nature of society today, um, that, yeah, you, 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 we have to sort of 
please everybody, uh, but also you've got brand values. And sometimes those brand values still can't you know, deflect the storm. Again, uh, maybe this is a point about friction and tension as well. What is your view and as a marketer? And I know you're, of course, mm-hmm. you speak on behalf mm-hmm. of Audi, also as, as just uh, someone who's got a great track record of doing this. And I think we probably have a lot of people who are listening today um, who would love to hear your wisdom on that because mm-hmm. we're all trying mm-hmm. to figure it out. No, it's a, it's a very important question because it sounds so uh, easy uh, and logic, but it's not. Uh, because at the end of the day, you need to know who you are uh, and uh, who do you want to be and who are you not and who are you not willing to be or become. This leads me to the definition of this character, Audi. And that was the core element of uh, uh, my work with regards to the brand strategy. Defining the brand character, so starting with the vision. Are we having the same vision? Uh, What's our mission on a daily basis to achieve it? What's our purpose? What's our daily motivation to go to work and to create it, to build it, to shape it? And then, who is Audi? So who is, who is this character Audi? Explain to me. And we defined this brand character Audi by four character elements. Uh, you can work with brand values, uh, but I perceive character descriptions as more precise because a brand is like a personality. And um, I can describe myself by character and I would say my values are a consequence, an end result. But the root cause is uh, the character. And uh, we defined four different characters. They are the following. Emotional aesthetics, the focus on design. There is uh, the intelligent performance and the performance orientation, which I think, especially in the premium mobility segment, very important to protect, to keep, to nurture. Then the personal technology with digitalization. It can become and will become even more personal. I can approach you directly. And when you get into your new uh, car, you will be welcomed. Uh, the settings are already done. Your calendars uploaded in, uh, in the, with autonomous driving. It will pick you up at the right time, at the right place. Last but not least, also a very important character description for me, modern sophistication that we are redefining and resharpening uh, the self-perception to behave as the most progressive premium brand. These are the four brand characteristics perfectly described in more detail with brand mood film and what have you, so that the entire brand audience and marketing community uh, and also retail partners, so that truly everybody is on the same page. And I, when the board of management invited me to to present the brand strategy to all Audi employees worldwide. I thought, all right, great idea, quite a challenge, but let's do it because we were all um, um, agreeing that um, everyone needs to stand behind the brand because everyone is the brand. And uh, so this is why I, um, one year later, I can say that every single colleague, every single member of the Audi community is behind it and is living it, embraced it, inhaled it. And this is why I think it might become easier to say no, with this sponsoring, uh, we are not continuing. Uh, we have to stop it because we want to invest in something more value slash future oriented. 
and uh, that entire decision making taking place, for example, with regards to sponsoring, because you just touched um, sports marketing, uh, the golf, etc. So we know exactly what to continue, what to stop, what to explore, what to start, and some areas uh, not even uh, to step into. And uh, based on this very precise strategy and very precise brand character description, uh, we can explain ourselves. It's understandable. So we are not just saying no, not interested. We are saying no because X, Y, Z. So, and I think in this complex world, it is important to know who you are, what you are, and who you are aiming to be, which character you want to become. Hendrik, just b before we go, I'm very intrigued by, and you just, we've been talking around, and we've maybe not confronting the pandemic right away, but we, we, you know, we do, I need to ask the question, you know, this, this one year on point, uh, you've been in this position, you inherited uh, a big part of this business at the most extraordinary time. So very simple question. What is the consumer going to want today, uh, as we emerge from this, that they may not have wanted a year ago uh, or, or a year ago plus. I'm thinking about sort of certainly just changed habits and, and maybe and everyone's talking about sort of pent up desire. We've had we've heard lots about the return of the roaring 20s, etc. But I, I'm just wondering, what is what is that consumer going to be looking for today as we are hopefully emerging uh, from this pandemic? Yeah, I think um, uh, at least I hope um, that society, the human mankind became a bit more conscious um, because I think we, all of us, we took many things for granted. And um, this global pandemic, uh, I see as a great opportunity to reflect and to appreciate things which we took for granted before. And as a, as a consequence, I think the community, the, the audiences out there will become more value and much more future oriented. I think they will ask themselves what's truly important, uh, what is the value and uh, can I, do I appreciate it? Uh, and I think the entire value shift towards a more conscious purchase behavior, towards a much more sustainable and also future-oriented behavior will be one of the consequences because we lost many things uh, and uh, not just uh, lives, uh, we also lost free movement, free behavior. Uh, handshaking was not possible. I was not able to meet my entire teams worldwide in person. Uh, everything had to take place virtual. And I think uh, the entire way of consumption, the way of doing business, Will, will be different, it will change, it will be much more focused and uh, much more value-oriented. This corona pandemic was a unique uh, experience in our lifetime, so a very important mirror we had to look into, or we can now look into and see, all right, maybe when I look at me and look uh, what's behind me, that uh, the way doing business, the way consuming products uh, can take place also in a different way. And I'm sure that this will be the consequence. It will take place much more conscious and also the behavior and the consumption of mobility will change. So I'm quite sure that our customers and the audience we are talking to they will be much more conscious in terms of values, in terms of behavior. And this is the reason why I think that um, the entire brand behavior of Audi is 
perfectly fitting uh, to this behavior. We would have done it anyway, but I think uh, it has never been more time adequate uh, than ever. Uh, so now it's the time to be future-oriented, to think positive about the future, to create proactively and shape proactively a better future. And this is what we are doing. And we have to motivate the people out there to join us to do so. Just before we go very quickly, uh, maybe give us three bullet points. I know that you're always future-looking, but you talked about the mirror. Let's look in the rearview mirror. Let's look behind you, not looking back, just look behind you. Tell us three things we should be looking forward to from Audi. What's coming up in the lane that's about to pass you? Uh, what's exciting in the lineup in terms of product? You you also touched on services. Super schnell. <laughs> so um, I can't wait to meet you again in person, Tyler, to show you uh, the upcoming uh, concept car uh, we are going to present in August. The code word is PB21, uh, and it's a glimpse into the future world of autonomous driving and uh, technology transformation. Then in September, that's number two, it's uh, another concept car I can't wait to present to you, hopefully in person, because you need to sit in it. I, I was able to do so already. It's an amazing uh, interior experience uh, in September. Uh, and uh, then there's the next chapter of this story of living progress uh, then next year where we are going to share the world of connectivity at a new level. So, um, so many things in the, in the pipeline already, which we shaped and created already. And I can't wait to see Mark, uh, the head of design, presenting it to you, uh, hopefully in person, because you need to see it in real. thanks to Henrik Benders, head of Audi Brand, for joining us for this week's episode of The Chiefs. For our next episode, we turn to one former Bank of England governor and UN envoy on a path to making banking more sustainable. This episode of The Chiefs was produced and researched by Paige Reynolds and edited by Steph Chungu with the assistance of Desri Bandley. I'm Tyler Brule. Thanks very much for listening. Mm-hmm.